Radio. Are you looking for veteran resources and peer support? Objective Zero has an app for that. Download the Objective Zero app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Access wellness resources like yoga and a free year subscription to Headspace, the world's most popular meditation app. Check out veterans resources and access our nationwide network of peer support. Speak to fellow women veterans or someone in your field and branch of service. You get to choose who you want to chat with. Learn more at www.objectivezero.org. That's www.objectivezero.org. Nothing's a watch on TV. That's why you're listening to Barrett's Talk on TVRadio.net. WDVR. This ain't reality TV! It's all there, black and white, clear as crystal! It was at this moment that he knew he fucked up. Well, isn't that special? Bloody... Don't you think you should rephrase that? Mom, mama said, my mama said, mama said that. My mom. Good day, sir! Now class is dismissed, gentlemen. Please remember the views and opinions expressed by this show or any other show on DB Radio and its guests are strictly those of said individuals and do not reflect those of the DB Radio staff nor the staff of dysfunctional veterans. I am the first dick in your ear, Bonerwood, so it's going to be a hard one tonight. Now, God damn it, buddy, that's just not even fair. This is Barracks Talk. This is inside the nut house, man. We got Sergeant Wardog. Oh, I just broke out of the rubber room, dog. The bacon man himself, oink. You are truly putting the D in the B when it comes to DV radio. Mr. Recall. I prefer to be referred to as belly and down. And don't know where the fuck Google is. I told you it's my computer, it's not me. That's exactly how I feel. We probably had a few too many to drink, you know what I'm saying? 20 bucks, 20 bucks. Can I get a thimble full of sweet baby rays, please? We don't have it. Saturday's going to be even more entertaining. Illogical. We still have the DD radio store for those wondering. Shit's still there. You can buy shit. Mine shit's good, okay? Oh, we haven't even gotten there yet. You fucking got me there already. Love and military barracks talking around this smoke. How's your back feeling after that penis reduction? Oh, wow. <laughs> You're tuned in to WDVR on DVRadio.net. Because this is how it is on DV Radio. That is how it is right here on WDVR, DVRadio.net. It's Talk Live. You're listening to us on podcasts on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, Google, blah, 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 wherever the fuck you find your goddamn podcasts. It is September 2nd, 2023. I'm Bonerwood. I think I already said that. I don't know. Dude, it's been a long fucking day because everybody fucked me over. Nobody's here. Actually, that's a lie. We actually have people Damn. here. Um, <laughs> first and <laughs> foremost, we got Oink with us from Alaska. What's happening? Hush stuff. Hey, man, uh, that bacon doing good up there. I know it's a little cold, but then it's a little hot. But then it's, it's a little you know, they got chocolate covered bacon there at the fair. And, and you know what? Fuck the fair. <laughs> I, I posted a nice little picture there and chatted the fair traffic. Yeah. Fuck that shit. I stay in my house the entire weekend because of that shit, man. Mm-mm. Wait, is that the highway? That's the highway. Oh, fuck that shit. Fuck mm-hmm. that noise. And, 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 and like everywhere else, there's only one road in and one road out. So you're fucked either way. You're not really getting around. Nope. 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 <laughs> fuck no. It's funny because nope. I've seen on the social media that, you know, on one of the traffic pages that I follow that uh, you know they're all waiting in line for 45 minutes and you got other people that are in the left lane passing them and then trying to cut in so, nah. so they, we got some road rage going on out there right now and i'm like yep i'm not i'm not gonna be a part of it nope i'll stay at home fuck that <laughs> fuck that. that's like going down to charlotte in the five lanes man 
five lane. Who the fuck came up with a five lane goddamn highway? Y'all motherfuckers can't drive on a three lane highway. How the fuck y'all expect them to drive on a five lane highway? Like, come the hey, fuck on. I would Shit. kill for a five lane highway here in Massachusetts. Have you ever tried going over those bridges? And there he is, the Mexican wannabe himself <laughs> from Affinity Innovations Inc. Also host of Affinity Protocol every other Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern is Mr. Chris Santos. Hey, thanks, man. But I'm going to say you said nobody's here. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little disappointed. And then I said, and tired. then I said, that's a lie. We got people here. You don't listen very well, do you? No, I don't. You don't even read your messages. That's, and when you do, you're like, ah, I get back to it later. And it's like, like, I don't know if I got your message. Hey, you got to wait till I get on the toilet before I'm going to respond to messages. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm going to, I'm going to look at the nanny cam that I've got hooked up. He's in not your lying house. probably. I mean, <laughs> um, before I forget and we go on to our two other guests that we have on tonight, if you go to dvradio.net, click on the DV radio store, you can get 20% off. This weekend through September 4th, that is Monday, September 4th. Uh, so get over there, grab your 20% off DV merch. It says plus two items. What the fuck does plus two plus items mean? Two or more items, I guess. Is that what it means, Chris? Cause I don't, fu- yeah. I mean, uh, we've never had this one before. Like, I don't work here, but that's what it means. Well, Chris, that's what it means. Chris, Chris. Chris has the same shop that I do because I got him to get this shop and we've never had this promo deal before. So I'm kind of like, does it mean two or more items or I'm guessing that's what it means. Let me look over here at our promo settings right quick. Promo components. It's that's gotta be what it is. Cause it says 20% off two plus items, uh, August oh, 30th yeah. through September. Yeah, that's it. Okay. So 20% off two or more items. If you get two or more items, you get 20% off, but you got to click the redeem button. So that's, that's the caveat. You got to click the redeem button, that very small ass fucking redeem button that I can't make bigger for you assholes. And I'm sorry. Um, hey, hey, before you, before you proceed, I want to make sure it's not just me. Is, is Bo popping in and out for anybody else? Yeah, definitely. All right. I right. want to make sure. I can't fix that for you guys. I'm sorry. Want to make sure it wasn't on my end. <laughs> Why didn't y'all tell me anything? Why didn't y'all tell me before we started the show? I didn't hear it before. It wasn't happening before he started the show. Well, if it's happening on on the player, if if it's happening on the player, let us know in chat, and (laughs) I'll try to do something. I don't know. Um. Anyway. Anyway. Uh. Thanks, Chris. Hey man, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It was driving me nuts. I'm like, hey, it's like every tenth word. It's not a lot, but it's enough to make you go. The hell's going on? And it wasn't doing the it. Tinnitus we, is kicking in. That's it, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it didn't start before. I just the show. assume it's my tinnitus. I got. Yeah. You. Oh, wow. I hate fucking technology. It's that simple. <laughs> um, it's it's always something. Anyway, uh, we do have two guests with us tonight. The first one that we had planned. Um, when was your Affinity Friday that we got this planned, Chris, with Tiff? Uh, must have been two weeks ago, maybe. Was it the anniversary? It might have been the anniversary one. If not, it was the one before that. Yeah. So it was within the last two, two and a half weeks. Two and a half weeks. Yeah. It's like those two and a half kids that families have. Um, yep. two, two and three quarters kids. 
Every time I see those statistics, I'm like, who the fuck has a three quarter of a kid? Um, anyway, well, Jimmy over here just has three legs and uh, you know one <laughs> arm. The windows all day. The other yeah, half is uh, yeah. <laughs> we going to hell, y'all. We going to hell. Um, <laughs> I, I think I might have one of those, but it's their ability to follow any goddamn rules around here. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Um, His name in Zoom is Navy Rob. I guess you can guess what branch of the service he was in, but it's Rob. How you doing, brother? I try to keep it simple for the other branches. You you can put it all together there. But yes, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. I don't think we've got any Marines with us tonight, right? I was going to say, I wouldn't assume that because that's some shit a Marine would do. Put the wrong branch. (laughs) Where are you from, Rob? Oh shit! Yeah. Um. So Wardog, uh, he had to go out in the middle of bumfuck Egypt and uh, rescue his wife. And Recall is getting ready for Labor Day party tomorrow. So, yeah, that's why they're not here. Oh, and JJ, uh, stood all day, like five, four and a half, five hours on the lathe, and he can't feel anything from his waist down. So yeah. They fucked me over tonight after they all said they was going to make it tonight. But last week, all of them was like, we can't make it. All the motherfuckers showed up. So this this is how dysfunctional we can be. Um, <laughs> and then our other guest, who literally probably, what, six and a half hours now ago, we, we planned that out. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. Like around noon time. It's like, hey, uh, what are you doing? Nothing. Hey, you want to come on? Yeah, sure. <laughs> so, uh, something th- like that. This is Saw Dog on Twitter. I don't know if he wants me to put his real name out there or not, or some call sign or, or what. Yeah, Saw Dog's fine. Uh, Danny Sawyer's real name. I work for the uh, Cape and Islands Veterans Outreach Center on Cape Cod. There you go. In Massachusetts. There you go. Um, and he's going to talk about that tonight. Uh, but before we talk <laughs> about all the good bullshit, we'll do the thing that we always do. Oink, how was your week? Typical work week. Uh, no overtime because it was raining and shitty weather as usual. But, uh, as you can see by the pictures posted there in chat, if you're in chat, uh, actually a decent day out there today. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm staying inside the house. It's like I said, fair traffic, fair season. Fuck it. I'm, I'm not leaving. Mm-mm. Fair season. <laughs> but other than that, weather. I mean, the week's been great. Um, did normal nine hours, get home and yeah. I like it. Be with the family. Well, be with the family that's at the fair. That's well, that's that's the weekends. Yeah. They, they go live at the fair and I get the house to myself, I guess. <laughs> so yeah, whatever. Another frozen pizza for supper? Uh no, leftovers. Oh leftovers. <laughs> so, okay. She's kind enough to leave the leftovers for me. <laughs> this that's love. This it's, it's in the microwave. <laughs> Remove the yes, tinfoil before you press start. <laughs> I want to come back home. Well, it's better than her bringing me fair food home because last time she did that, I got sicker than a fucking dog. So we're not going to go down that track again. I think the last time you said you were making a, a frozen pizza, I was like, go eat your lava pie or something like that. <laughs> oh. Dude, it wasn't a hot pocket, man. It was just regular pizza. But, but out this the is, oven. This is the thing, though, right? I don't care what you do with pizza. It's either fucking lava or it's ice. There's no fucking in between whatsoever. <laughs> Prove me fucking wrong. Because I, 
I've yet to find a a fucking slice of pizza anywhere in the goddamn world. And I've been all over this motherfucker, literally. <laughs> and yet to find a goddamn pizza from the oven or even the goddamn microwave that's either hot as fucking lava or cold as fucking ice. There's no in between. <laughs> I'm and, sure you'll find it out there somewhere, Goldilocks. It's just a matter of time. And then there's one out there that's just right. Well, and then you've got three you types of crust, it. right? You either got crusty, hard ass, fucking break your teeth on granite crust. You, you got you got doughy as fuck on the inside crust, and then you got soggy as shit crust. It's very rare that you get that perfect, that perfect balance between crispy yet floppy but it's fucking done and not got dough in the middle crust <laughs> i mean fuck that wrong with that pepperoni like the one that, that nobody likes that black and burn crust that's the one i like i love yeah. that burn one dude Porch. dude you get that shit with the pepperoni too with the hot and the heat oh. obviously stays under the pepperoni a lot yes. longer, so you think it's cool enough, and then you bite. Oh yep. man, yep, yep. Played hard as fuck. What, what I hate about eating pizza, right? You get that slice of pizza. It's it's hot. You let it cool down, and you t- you you get to ready. You get ready to take a bite, and the tip of the fucking slice of pizza feels like it was dunked in fucking ice water. It's cold and wet as hell, but the rest of the fucking pizza is burning your goddamn tongue off. Why? Why? If there's a fucking God, why? Why do you let that happen? (laughs) Yo, they did that shit when we went out to Vegas. I went to this little pizza place uh, that was uh, on the, you know, one of the shopping areas. And they take the slice and they throw that shit in the oven. And I swear to God that they put it in there long enough to make sure that it's a, a, a nice 800 degrees when they <laughs> hand it to you. And this is a takeout window. So you're like, you're expected to sit there and eat it. I'm not eating that. So I got to wait 30 minutes for it to cool down. <laughs> you got to wait. It's Vegas. So it's going to take another 15 on top yeah, exactly. of it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I was just about to say, you, you got to wait 30 minutes for it to deliver its fucking perfect temperature and then you gotta wait 15 more minutes because <laughs> it's lost fucking vacant. crazy what are you guys doing <laughs> as much as I love pizza pizza has a lot of fucking issues <laughs> yeah man oh and, and, and the black the black burn shit nah man my grandma was bad for wanting Blackened hot dogs. Just pass it all here. I'll take all that burn stuff that nobody wants. I'll eat all. Dude, Dude, I love it all. My grandma was the same. Oh, way. so you're one of those guys. I got yeah, you. Yeah, I'm that guy. Burn his my steak, are well done. Burn the bacon. All of it. Man, man, <laughs> I, it got to the point where me and my mom was like, if we ever have to do that again, we're doing it outside because I would cook a lot of times, and she'd be like, blacking my wieners or blacking my toast or it's like. Nah, oh not my. in this house. <laughs> not in this goddamn house. I'm not going to lie. A hot dog's got to be black, and that's the right way to cook it. I don't mind if it's got a char on it, but if it's got if it's burnt, no. <laughs> Fuck no. I will gag they, like they my ass falling flavor. off of it. You got to learn to appreciate the char flavor. Char <laughs> is different from fucking burnt. There's a difference. You realize this, yeah. right? Yeah. You're talking to somebody who cooked for a living. <laughs> there is a huge fucking difference between 
charred flavor and oh my god what the fuck flavor <laughs> charcoal hockey flavor. puck flavor and what the fuck happened flavor <laughs> i went to the to the doctor one time and uh my aunt had went with us and before uh she came out of her apartment she had made her some toast well my aunt has very dumb moments as Chris and Oink knows and she burned the toast. Well, she gets in the car and I smell this awful fucking nasty ass. I'm like, what is that? And my mom's like, she burned toast and we're all laughing about it. Carrying on. We get to the doctor. He looks me in the eye and he's like, you need to stop smoking. I can smell it. And I was like, she burned toast. And he's like, no, that is cigarettes. I was like, if that's what cigarette smells like, uh, I don't want it. <laughs> it literally smelled like you dropped shit in fire. That's what it smelled like. It, she had burned toast that bad. That's how bad it smelled. And he said, cigarette smell? No, no, that's not what that is. That's burnt fucking bread. <laughs> I got a follow up question. It was second hand burnt bread. <laughs> what, what kind of bread was it? That shit had to have been pumpernickel or some shit. I don't know what it was, man. Dude, that was years that's ago. Races. It was probably it was probably like bottom dollar shit, like like bottom shelf shit. Because she lives in the in in Brick City or Cocaine City or the projects. Or section eight, or we can keep going. <laughs> we can keep going. I, I can do this all day. <laughs> Pick one. <laughs> Whichever one you prefer. <laughs> Whatever you want to nickname it. <laughs> um, but yeah, she uh, she gets that shit for. I think it's like Sam Choice. I don't I don't know if that's what it was then, but uh, it definitely was some cheap bread because I smelled like quote-unquote mid-tier, top-tier loaves of bread that have been burnt. It smells like burnt bread. This shit didn't smell like burnt bread. <laughs> like, I have a feeling she pulled it out, turned it over, and put it back in, and it caused fire. <laughs> like, she had some plastic in there. She had the loaf of bread plastic in the toast. You got SWAT right in your house thinking it's a meth house. <laughs> no, it's just burnt toast off <laughs> Some sugar fell in my toaster while it was burning the bread. That's all it was. I thought I smelled something sweet. <laughs> don't ask me how I know that meth is sweet smelling. Yeah. Please don't. I know I did. I learned something today. What's that? That meth smells sweet. I it learned does. it right here. It's, it's, it's it does, man. It does. Where else are you going to learn that? I mean, it's a very strong, sweet smell. Not a not a good sweet smell either. It's it's a it'll turn your stomach. It's yeah. <laughs> anyway, an acquired taste. <laughs> an acquired taste. He said. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, is our Fed listening tonight? He is. Well, you just got a big earful of shit that we don't do. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, does the Fed listen on uh, Tuesdays when you guys do Affinity Protocol? Uh, I have no idea. God, man, you I gotta don't look, look at, to see who listens. You got to look at the at the moment statistics. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't bother. I just I'm looking at at the moment, not saying dumb shit out my mouth. 
You lazy ass motherfucker. <laughs> Excuse me and your professional company show. Nobody got time for that shit. <laughs> Excuse me, I didn't know you was trying to be all professional here on DV Radio with your company show, bitch. <laughs> Excuse me, moi, monsieur. Wait. Wait, this is legitimate? Oh, shit. <laughs> My bad. Man, I I run a podcast or a show based around crypto. I probably have 40 or 50 feds listening. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. You know what? You got a point. You know what? That's probably where this one came from. They were like, oh, Affinity Protocol on DV Radio. We're going to find out some shit about them. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Did I introduce everybody? I did, right? We were going down everybody's week, right? That's what we were doing originally. Yeah. Yeah, because yep, we were talking we about Oink Supper. That's right. Chris, how was your week, man? <laughs> it was great. That's it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was good. Busy. Friday, Friday was yesterday. Uh, and speaking of Fed, man, I spent so many damn hours this past week filling out paperwork for different governments and shit. I talked about it on Friday, Friday last night, but uh, holy crap, man. You guys would definitely appreciate that because, uh, you know, you filled out forms multiple, multiple times for government uh, shit. And I'll tell you what, these forms sucked. I did one to register us for um, uh, potential contracts that we're now registered and approved to uh, be able to apply for government contracts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I did that. That was a uh, pain in the ass. And then I had to fill out a shit ton of uh, applications across different countries so that way we could advertise on social media yeah. platforms and get past that red tape. So, yeah, uh, work in progress. But, yeah, man, it's been good. Wait, how many countries are there now? Uh, how many countries are there? Now. <laughs> there's like 100 and something, right? In the world? Yeah, there's like 100 and something, right? Fuck, I don't know. I filled out at, probably at, yeah, at least 100. It's near 200, I think, now. Right. Yeah. I'm starting with the big markets that we want to hit, you know, like oh, the US, know. UK, Australia, India, you know, and <laughs> shit like that. So India, Canada, India. I did not fill out the paperwork for India yet. Dude, I think a lot of red tape would come from Syria and India for crypto advertising. In yeah, I'm all set with Syria. <laughs> <laughs> to bring it up you don't need their business you got everybody oh, else just, it's fine I'm, I'm not in a hurry to advertise out there nothing against people from syria but i'm just not in a hurry to advertise out there it's not a big market for us i just <laughs> i'm just being truthful syria heard crypto mining and they got their helmets <laughs> <laughs> i'm going to fucking head. you want to be neighbors <laughs> you keep your fire on your side of the fence i'll keep mine on my side we'll be good <laughs> <laughs> fucking serious like get the pickaxes <laughs> I'm going to hell I'm going to hell in a fucking handbasket <laughs> alright anyway uh, Rob how was your week man oh it was fantastic thank you so much for asking you gonna be a Chris now <laughs> say again you gonna be a Chris now Oh, it was yes, great. I'm a club. I'm a small. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking dick asses. 
Well, Danny, how was your week? <laughs> uh, I was busy as hell, dude. Uh, yeah, so I work at a Veterans Outreach Center on Cape Cod in Massachusetts, and I am the food pantry supervisor. So food pantry's mine. Uh, I make sure everybody has all the food they need. We get about, I would say, 850 families averaging a month now. Uh, when I started about a year and a half ago, we were pulling maybe 20 to 25 families every other week. So probably about 50 to 60 families a month. So it's gone from 60 to 850 wow. in the span of a, Good job, a year. Yeah. it's. Uh, I never did anything with any type of charity uh, other than volunteering here and there for different things. But, you know, I was uh, – I come from a background in uh, fixing residential appliances, GE, Maytag, all those fun brands. And I was actually working uh, for a pretty big company in Boston fixing Sub-Zero and Wolf products. And if you know a Sub-Zero refrigerator, they start in the range of like 65 to 75 grand. Oh, yeah. And a Wolf, a wolf oven start at like 45 to 50 grand. So right. it's just all high-end shit, very high stress, very uh, demanding and... Uh, it was actually my pastor's wife. We were chit-chatting and she's telling me, you know, I work at this place, Cape and Allen's Veterans Outreach Center, and, uh, you know, you should come check it out. And, you know, I had never heard of this place. I've lived on Cape Cod most of my life. And it was just kind of just changed hands, new people, new management, new everybody. Uh, the guys there now are all really great people. We all started around the same time, but the director... Uh, Jim Seymour and uh, the operations manager, Mike Leeson, they kind of keep that place afloat. And uh, it's great. It really is. It's actually a 501c3. We're not anything to do with the VA or anything like that. We live next door to the VA. But other than that, yep, it's just purely 501c3 private money. We have a board uh, that do a great job of getting money raised when we need it and everything. We're actually throwing our 40th anniversary party coming up here soon and general mike dunford will be speaking uh at the dinner and right now tables are going for upwards uh, 2500 bucks a table and they're already sold out so that just helps us even more and that's kind of my little spiel on everything but it's really great i highly encourage you guys to check it out and if you know people in the cape uh, area in massachusetts to let them know about us you know, all you need is a DD-214. Um, I, I made the argument, why the fuck can't they just use their VA military ID? You know, you need a DD to get that, but whatever. So you need a DD-214, fill out an application. We'll get you food that day. Uh, we also have housing available. Right now we have two houses, one in Dennis, one in Hyannis. And we're working on our third house on Martha's Vineyard. And I think we're housing roughly, I want to say 20 guys right now. And it's all in between housing, kind of getting back on their feet, back into work and whatever else they need. So that's kind of what we do a little bit. And uh, yeah, that's, that's my awesome. spiel. That's awesome. Now, if anybody's listening that wants to reach out and volunteer or donate or anything, is there a way they can do that? So the best way I would recommend to anybody is just go to our website and that's capeveterans.com. And I'll even uh, post a link in the chat here. But uh that would be the best way to get a hold of anybody. Um, we have about, I'd say about 15 employees ranging everywhere for between um, operations, housing, me with the food pantry. We also have a, uh, 
a doctor as well, Dr. Michigan, David Michigan. He's our on-call psychiatrist. And we're slowly building up that um, our staff as is. We just hired two more people to come in uh, to help out with uh, the food pantry because that's the biggest challenge. Everything else, you know, they got it running pretty good, but it's feeling out how many people, because it's always different. You get about 140, 150 people every week, but it's the challenge is keeping all the right food. Um, a lot of guys, you know, most of our clients are Korea, Vietnam veterans. So a lot of them have health issues where they need like gluten-free stuff or low sodium stuff. And that stuff's really hard to come by. So we're always in the lookout for any type of stuff like that. Uh, donations and stuff like that. We always could use, you know, canned goods, dry goods, stuff like that, preferably with a good expiration date. A lot of people just love dropping off boxes of cans that they don't check the dates on and we get it. And it's like, oh, thanks for the donations of your three-year-old SpaghettiOs <laughs> that we now have to throw away. But we, we appreciate it. But then those people want a tax right off and you kind of look at them like, yeah, we're not going to do that. Right. Uh, so other than that, yeah, that challenge of getting food, food's always changing price. Uh, we actually, one of our, um, the town we work with right now, they just set up a new grant for us in order to get uh, more food locally. Uh, there's a couple farms that have been donating all their stuff that they've been like tomatoes, cucumbers, all fresh produce, all coming in from them. It's just been growing and it's trying to stick with that growth. That's been really the challenge. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I've never done anything like this before. So it's all new to me. You know what I mean? But it's just helping guys get fed, you know, families get fed. And that's really the, our main goal. I could give a shit who you vote for or any, any of that. It doesn't matter to me. Like anytime they always want me to meet with the board or go talk to the board. I, that's politics, man. Get, just keep me the fuck away from that. Just let me go into the food pantry and help everybody out. And you know, that's where the need is. You know what I mean? Definitely. Um, that's, that's how it should be. And I'm over there on uh, capeveterans.com. Now that's, uh, where uh, you mentioned the websites at, and I see that it's 91 cents of every dollar raised is used to go to the programs and services, and that's damn near unheard of for any nonprofit. So, fucking yeah, that is kudos to you guys for that. And then I'm reading uh, a few statistics here uh, over a million dollars raised in 2022 alone plus yeah. over 9,000 veterans and families using your services in 2022. So holy fuck, you guys, just in that small area. I mean, that's yeah. that's unheard of. It, it really is. And you guys have been doing this since, what, 83? Because it says 40 years. So yeah, 83. Yeah. Yep, it was a little tiny operation on Main Street in Hyannis. Uh, if you're from the Cape, you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But I even grow, you know, I'm 35. I literally have never heard of this place before <laughs> until about two or three years ago, but they were a very, very small operation. They always were only in the past three or four years did they really start, you know, putting their, you know, just getting serious on every, every front really and getting the people they need. And I think the board, it's gotta be at least 20 people on the board, all ranks from, you know, Lieutenant colonels and Kurt Fulberg colonels, you name it, you know? And I think we actually have an active duty coast guard commander, on the board as well. And she's just phenomenal. Always out there trying to raise money for us and stuff. I really got to hand it to them though. If it wasn't for the board, we wouldn't be where we were, honestly. You know, it's, it's all about the funding and they know exactly how to get it. And they do a great job of getting it. You know, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. Cause I think that's uh, 
a big problem for a lot of nonprofits, organizations, and certain um, veterans affairs <laughs> across the country. Yeah. Uh, the VA is one of the big ones, and it's the board. Uh, people's like, let's throw money, throw money, throw money, throw money at it, and it'll fix problems. Where it will help you guys. You're a nonprofit. You don't make money because you're a non fucking profit. That's not how nonprofits work. <laughs> Chris, right? Yeah. People Chris, just think he, you know, the money literally just comes out of thin air, and right. that's how we get paid. No, we Chris, get paid just like any other business. We just don't do it like every other business does it. We take the money and actually use it for the things we say we're going to use it for. Right. Well, Chris um, and I have talked about that uh, and at extent, uh, he, his nonprofits, our nonprofits, and that's a big, uh, I guess uh, it, it's, it's a misconception within the world that nonprofits thrive because they're a nonprofit. They don't have to do this. They don't have to do that. No. Right. Um, and no. like you said, you, you put it back into the nonprofit, just like, DV farm puts their ship back into DV farm. DV radio isn't a nonprofit, but everything goes right back into DV radio. Um, right. What, what is yours, Chris? I just, I'm blanking. Unique spectrum, man. How, how did I forget that? I mean, <laughs> it's such a unique fucking name. Uh, unique spectrum goes back into unique spec. That's how nonprofits work and that's how they should work. Um, but outside of the funding, right? It's, the board members who are making things work correctly or incorrectly. And if one thing's out of whack, 15 other things is going to be out of whack. And I think that's what a lot of people overlook when we say, how can we make the VA better? How can we make this hospital better in the civilian world? Or how can this church do better to help people? One, stop paying motherfuckers millions of goddamn dollars. That's that's the first damn thing you can do. Well, well, hey, and that's that's a good point, right? Because a lot of yeah. people, another misconception with nonprofits is, well, how come a hundred percent of every dollar isn't going directly to, you know, whatever it is? Well, in a sense, it is. But what he means, and and I don't mean to speak for you here, but correct me if I'm wrong, is that the ninety-two cents goes directly towards like food and resources. The other eight cents is what is getting used for operations. Correct. Right. Yep. And if that is yeah. correct, that is extremely impressive because one, another misnomer is nonprofits. Like the people don't get paid, right? There's a lot of volunteers and nonprofits, but again, this is those individuals jobs, mm-hmm. right? They're, they're right. doing this full time. They have to be able to support themselves and their families too. So as long as people are staying competitive and not inflating what they're getting, that is the problem with a lot of nonprofits is the people at the top, will pay themselves way more than their competitors in the same field. Right. So right. if I'm a if I'm a, a manager of a certain thing or, or an executive in a nonprofit, you should be getting paid sort of equivalent to like an executive or a manager in the same type of field in order to stay competitive and get the right people in those positions, not two to three times the salary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And it's exactly. like, so we were asked, uh, for the DV farm why we didn't do a hundred percent, just like Chris was talking about. First off, before a certain administration took over, when we had veterans there and the septic system was working, dvfarm.org, please help us get that septic system fixed with 25 grand. Um, before this administration took over and we had veterans there just for, just to upkeep the farm just to pay bills and keep things so that the farm won't shut down. It was a little over three grand a month. 
that don't seem like a lot to people that yeah. aren't running a nonprofit. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you have, yeah, but you take into consideration too that every since smile.amazon.com stopped doing their thing and giving to mm-hmm. the charities we wanted to give to. Yeah. That, that was what, what, 15,000 a year that they lost? Uh, actually, I actually ran the numbers and it was anywhere from 20,000 to 30, 40,000. Uh, Somewhere yeah. in it that was range. Obviously, a huge chunk of you know, yes. their funding. Exactly. And then you have to remember there's two houses on the property at the farm. You've got where DV6 and Google live, and then you have the vet house. And both of those need power and electricity. Both of those need water. Both of those need this, that, and the other. And then you've got all the animals that need to be fed and groomed and this, that, and the other. And then you've got to take care of the property itself with mowing and tilling and backhoeing. So there's a lot of gas and maintenance that's going on. Hence, just over three grand a month when nothing goes wrong, right? And then you got to take into consideration (laughs) if there's one or two vets that have no income whatsoever because they're not in the VA system yet, who is going to pay for that? The nonprofit's got to pay for that. So you're looking at anywhere from 500 to $1,500 a month just for a couple of vets, just so they can have essentials, right? And then you got to take into account all the gas money that we got to pay to drive all the way to the VA and then back to the farm and then to the grocery yeah. store and then back to the farm and then all these other places that the vets has got to go. You can't do a hundred percent for any nonprofit. It is literally in fucking possible to give all 100% to one service that you're providing. You have to take into well, consideration costs of operations and anything that might come up. Right. Go ahead. Well, speaking of, you know, finding money to do any of this stuff, we actually do a transportation program as well. Mm-hmm. And we've had to kind of suspend that just because the money that we're getting into our grants through donations, it wasn't enough. We were trying to go through a local uh, limousine service. That's a veteran owned service that, you know, we were kind of hand in hand. Would you help us out, get these guys to their appointments down in Providence or to Brockton, you know, wherever they need to go. Right. Uh, and we'll pay you, you know, this much money. We ended up doing something like 340 rides last month or the month before. Wow. And yeah, I think the bill at the end of that was somewhere in the range of, uh, I don't want to like 80 to <laughs> 90 grand, something like that. It was well, just insane. That's, a, that's another were, thing. Go ahead. I'm sorry. That's another thing. You know, people are like, hey, get a volunteer to take the vets so-and-so or get this transfer. One, for us to have a volunteer to come on the property and drive a van or any type of vehicle to take somebody that we that that's in our care, that we have guardianship over, we have to have a shit ton of fucking insurance. Yeah, it's not just and you have to get write offs from the state, the town. There's right. so much to oh, that. Yeah. You can't just show up and give someone mm-hmm. a right. You can do that after you filled out about a week's worth of paperwork exactly. and gotten approval and all this other stuff. That's just insane, really. Exactly. I, I get some of it why they do it, but honestly, at this point, it's just highway robbery when it comes to a lot of this stuff. But it's also inflation has a lot to do. There's a lot of factors yeah. at play. But, you know, a lot of people just don't realize at the end of the day, this stuff gets really expensive really quick. Mm-hmm. It sounds easy. Like, oh, we found a veteran-owned service that will do rides for them. Oh, great. You know, how much is the average ride per person? Oh, it's only going to be about 120. 
120 for one person? Yeah. Oh, okay. So did we shop around first? Yeah, we did. So this is the best price. Well, it's either that or pay 180, 220, and it just starts going up from there. So yeah, we're getting the best price. But at the end of the day, it still hurts Mm -hmm. really bad. (laughs) So right now we're in the process of trying to figure something out. We're working with um, other organizations to try to facilitate rides. But even the VAs completely just drop the ball on giving rides. I think I see that shuttle maybe once a month now where it used to be every other week you see it. And even then that was, you know, once a week. Okay. But now it's like once or twice a month. It's just insane. Yeah. Uh, if, if you're just tuning in, dvradio.net, WDV Arts, Barrett's Talk. We got Danny Sawyer from Veterans Outreach Center, Cape and Islands. We've also got Mr. Chris Santos from Affinity Innovations. We got Navy Rob, as he likes to call himself in Zoom, <laughs> all talking tonight. Uh, we are going to go over. I don't know how far over, but we're going to go over uh, our hour limit. And if you guys are cool with that, I don't care. Um, I'm cool with it. Can I throw something out cool. there real quick, though, Bo? Please do. Please do. Because and, and, I'm afraid you're going to move on from the nonprofit talk. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a know. lawyer, <laughs> and, and nor am I a, uh, uh, a licensed financial advisor, but you know, research on this, but from all the research that I've done and from my legal advice, uh, nonprofits can accept crypto mm-hmm. as a full write-off as well, uh, non-tax, as well as if you are to donate crypto, it is a write-off just like it would be if you were to donate anything else to a nonprofit organization. So yeah. I'm just throwing that out there uh, for anybody that has a nonprofit organization well, or also- part of one. Uh, as an idea of something to look into. Also, I want to add on to that, Chris. We have been trying to work with a grant writer, as Chris knows and Oink knows, and a few of you that are listening knows. Um, It's not going well, (laughs) Uh, obviously, because we don't have the grant for anything yet to even fit the system. But uh, when we were going through, you know, what assets do you have? What, What do you have as far as money on hand and this, that, and the other? Crypto was one of the things they brought up. And I was like, wait, that that matters with the grant. And apparently it looks good that nonprofits are actually trying to get donations from crypto today, I guess, because people are throwing it away like it isn't money. Right. I yeah. hate to say that, but it mean you've talked about that here on the show, Chris. Mm-hmm. Right. I thought you were going to say something smart there, Chris. No, nope, no, nope, I'm just agreeing. God, you a dick sometimes. You know that. <laughs> but um, I'm up for a fight that ain't coming. <laughs> <laughs> but no, really. Uh, and what a lot of people aren't realizing right now in 2023, when Rona hit and the world shut down, people didn't have money, and jobs got lost, businesses closed. Okay, there was millions that were out of a job. There was millions of bills, businesses that closed down and will never open up again. They, they can't open up again. It's just too costly in the economy. Um, and then you add on inflation rate, right? And that is why it is so hard for nonprofits to even go anywhere right now. A lot of nonprofits have shut down or have, uh, been, I don't want to say eat up or balled out, but they have quote unquote partnered with other nonprofits and they've absorbed those nonprofits and they're part of whatever nonprofit they are with now. Um, it's, I, I 
guess it's a slippery slope. Hey, but you're not wrong though. And in that time frame that you're talking about, meanwhile, the crypto market hit an all time high. Exactly. So, I mean, one thing, uh, any business or any nonprofit is really missing the boat by not accepting or looking at crypto. And I'm going to tell you why, because one of the things that Bo was saying, it is this weird, I guess, because it's all digital and, and a lot of people don't truly understand it. There is this, if you're in the crypto world, you notice that people are much looser with their crypto as opposed to cash. So if I have a thousand dollars worth of a crypto asset and thousand dollars cash, more than likely, the majority of the people in that community are going to let go of portions of that thousand dollars worth of crypto before that cash. Mm-hmm. Um, even though, I mean, it, it's 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 the same, really. I mean, it's all it's all money. It's value, whatever you're putting on an asset. It's just a little bit more complicated to turn it into cash if you want to use it. Right. Uh, well, I think that's what turns a lot of people exactly. away. Is they see that and they think it's basically impossible or it's going to cost half the money to convert it and it's just which is not true yeah yeah but it's it's as it comes down to education over time that's going to be realized well like i guarantee you if i was to put out uh, a fundraiser on you know for cash donations on say gofundme or something for again like 500 bucks or if i did one and said hey i'm gonna hey uh, you know here's here's the adapt for a fundraiser i'm looking for 500 bucks i would fill that crypto one Probably in a hundredth of the time that I would fill that GoFundMe. I'm looking at our donor box right now for the $25,000 goal. We've had 23 donations. I want to thank everybody that's given. I'm not putting anybody down. I'm not. But to Chris's point, we've had this up. God, how long have we had this up? At least since January, mid-January. And we have raised $1,719.20 of that $25,000. I'm not going to lie until you said something about it today when we were talking, I totally forgot and I'm an asshole for that, but <laughs> You're good. You're I feel good. like I definitely want to get the word out even more about that because the whole, like real quick, I found you guys probably, I don't know. I want to say 2012, 2013. I got out in 2011. I was active duty, uh, airborne infantry army and <clears throat> I was in four and a half years. I got out twenty uh, seven to eleven was the years I was in. So when I got out, I I was homeless. I was living out of a Honda Civic with a girl from Virginia that had moved back here with me. You know, I was just not doing good drugs, alcohol, you name it. You know, just not in a good place. <clears throat> Didn't really have the resources that they have today. Uh, and it was really hard. I didn't know what to do. It was just kind of looking for some type of support in any way. And I forget how I found you guys. It was either through Facebook or something like that, right? And as soon as I saw that you had a farm and, you know, you're helping guys get off drugs, get clean off, like all that stuff, giving them purpose, giving them, you know, structure, all this great, amazing stuff that just inspired me. Like, oh, there are guys out there doing this stuff to help other guys like me. There is this stuff. And I just stuck with you guys like fucking glue ever since. I always wanted to be part of what you guys were doing. Anytime you sold the coins, I always got a coin. Dude, I'm wearing a DV shirt right now. It's my favorite fucking shirt I own. It's <laughs> United States Space Force uh, Shuttle Door Gunner. It's literally like my favorite shirt of all time. <laughs> all right. Uh, and my whole point of this whole thing is you guys inspired me to kind of keep going and keep pushing forward. You know, I got married about, let's say, I just hit my year anniversary, honestly. You know, I'm doing 
really well. I have a great stable job at a nonprofit now. You know, I went for a 180 completely. And I think a lot of that had to do with the, the mindset of I can get through this if I just keep fighting for it. And you guys definitely planted that seed when I got out for sure. So I just wanted to kind of share my appreciation for that with you guys. So I apologize for the fanboying, fanboying <laughs> up, but it's fucking just gotta, it had to happen. So no, you're good, man. And, and I know I appreciate it. I know Oink appreciates it. DV six would tell you to go fuck yourself. Um, nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we all appreciate it. And, and that's what we talk about like constantly is, as much of a therapy as this is for all of us that actually do it, myself, Oink, uh, JJ Recoil, Marquis, whenever the fuck he's not, you know, doing bullshit with his housing bullshit, Wardog, uh, Google DD6, uh, Nevermore. Um, it, it, we have no reason to do it without stories like that. If, if we didn't hear that we'd done something for one person, we'd be like, are we, is it worth it? Or, or should we keep doing it right and uh six almost shut it down man you uh, i think you remember that right i do i remember seeing uh, i believe he had put out a video mm-hmm. and it was kind of in the state of the farm it sounded like you guys were just completely going under well okay and that really so, that really woke me up to oh shit we gotta try to do something about this so what happened was the old host i'm not going to get into that left uh, DV farm almost didn't take off because we couldn't use any of the funds that we got from GoFundMe, which we didn't know at the time. You can't use that. Yeah. Can't okay. use GoFundMe funds to buy fucking property. So he couldn't do that. And he had to find out a way to get a shit ton of money in his name that he didn't have. <laughs> and he was like, oh, he was like, I've got to shut the radio down. Oh. And I was like, you can't do that. And at the time we had the big page, the big DV page that was reaching right. 2 million per day plus, and then 120 wow. to 600 million on a good month, uh, reach every month. And I was like, you can't do that. Cause at the time people were like groveling over DV radio, uh, because there were some stupid antics that were going on that I didn't agree with, but I was like, whatever. Um, like drunkenness <laughs> waking up on your superintendent's doorstep drunk. Yeah. Um, I got, I got to get like, you know, <laughs> offline with you at some point and you got to fill me in on all the lore because <laughs> I'm just completely lost on like all this background stuff going on. But I, I mean, it makes sense from what you were saying of why things started to kind of spiral out of control. I didn't know you guys lost, you know, people that were vital to the whole thing. Yeah. And um, I just remember like the whole, how the fuck do we get money that we can't get because it is ours, but we have no access to it. I do remember that. Yeah. It, it got stupid crazy at the time. Uh, people were petty because we had to fire them because they were doing stupid shit uh, within the business. Um, and they were saying, you know, like DV farm has a firing range. And we were like, where, um, is it underground? Uh, some, some, I didn't see it when I was there. Let's put it that way. So, somehow, somehow DV six and Google, and they have mentioned this on the show. So I know I'm okay to say it. Somehow DV six and Google spent half a million dollars of the quarter of the million dollars raised for DV farm on their wedding when it only costs like 1200 bucks i think uh that they done at the farm like there was all this stupid shit rumors bullshit 
to try and shut us down. Right. And I yeah. was like, I, six was like, I'm almost, I'm done. Like, I, I don't want to go on anymore. And I had to be the conscience for DV six and I was doing him with the farm and DV and DV radio, just like I'd done a few years prior with DV radio. And I was like, you can't, you can't shut it down. You can't stop now. I was like, one, if you do, they win, they win. And you can't, that's your name. You can't be having them win. Right. That's your reputation. And then secondly, I was like, people need you, not just you, but what you are about. Need the dark sense of humor. They need the knowing that there are people out there that are just like them that have been addicted to some stupid drug or some fucking alcohol or some whatever. And they've been in the, the worst of the worst of the worst and they can get out. I was like, you got to give people that hope. And he, he sat there for a minute. He's like, I don't know. I was like, I know. I was like, because if it wasn't for DV, mm, I'm going to tell you, I don't know if I'll be here. And he, he was like, what? I was like, yeah. I was like, you know my story? He's like, I know, I know, I know, I know. And obviously he done the pity party for a minute. And he was like, I don't know why I'm complaining. I'm talking to you. You can't even get off your fucking couch. And so, so I turned him around and obviously DV Farm's still going, but with all this bullshit that we've been talking about with, you know, Rona closing everything and then inflation and then people losing jobs. We're back to that a few years ago. And then on top of that, DV6 and uh, Google's got shit going on personally, not between them, but uh, just in their personal lives that have slowed them down from doing videos and, and actually getting out there and uh, be in the face once again for farms who raise donations. And then social media, Chris can tell you this from experience, the algorithms are fucking changing almost minute by minute. So keeping up with that is another whole fucking ball game. Just to I don't so know what you, you're talking about. <laughs> just, so you, <laughs> just so you guys can see the post that we put up before 28, 48, 98 hours later when shit needs to get done. So it's, it's a constant fucking job for us as well. And people think, you know, you just type in a few words, put up a picture or a video and, and you just reached thousands. That's not how this shit works at all. It's a job and none of us get paid. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Chris over there works a job, does 16 more jobs plus his side jobs and still don't get paid for 98% of it. So, ah <laughs> uh, man, someday I get, I get paid and the smiles. <laughs> Amazon <laughs> smiles, <laughs> even though I don't exist anymore. Um, but no, uh, so is there anything else about, um, veterans outreach uh center that you want to be sure that everybody knows about i know on uh the website under resources there's a lot of good veteran services and obviously a form uh for people to fill out uh yeah for for everything uh, uh for the uh military records um but is there anything else that pertains uh to veterans outreach center that you like for people to know or anything of that nature so we do have uh two events coming up uh, one of them is our 40th anniversary celebration, and we do have tickets available through our website, uh, starting at 225 bucks. Yeah, they're a little pricey, but uh, the whole point of the dinner, it's a fundraising event, and it's going to be featuring General um, Joseph Dunford. I said Mike Dunford earlier, sorry, but Mike Dunford actually sits on our board. He, they're brothers, 
and uh, General Joseph Dunford Jr. will be there uh, speaking. And I believe he was the 19th, uh, one of the, ni- the 19th commander in sh- uh, joint of the Joint Chiefs, I believe. So he was high up there. Uh, I, I completely missed him. I was actually at the Old Guard uh, in D.C. for my career. And a lot of that had to do with, you know, doing funerals in Arlington and doing retirements for generals you never heard of. <laughs> so I'm kind of glad I missed him altogether because I would have just meant, hey, let's stand outside for four hours listening to some dude thank his wife and dog and God uh, how he got there. Yeah, that's what I want to do today. <laughs> but uh, our the other event we have coming up too is our stand down event, and I believe that's coming up in November. Uh, all these are on our website. Uh, it's a great little thing that we do every year. It's uh, kind of like an expo. Uh, we do job fair slash you know there's a barber that will be there there'll be um real estate people just a little bit of everything to help people out the veteran community get what they need as far as maybe you need insurance maybe you need this maybe you just need a freaking haircut you know or maybe you need some clothes you know we do a little bit of everything and that should be free to the public i don't believe we'll be charging for that the 40th celebration is more of a formal thing we gotta you gotta dress up as a tie-in you know fancy stuff that i would probably wear the t-shirt tuxedo version to get in because i'm just not that type but mm-hmm. it's gonna be a good thing uh as far as resources if anybody wants to find out anything else like i said our our website's the best place to go and if you do live on cape cod and you're looking to get some help with food or rent or, you know, anything that you think we might be able to help you out with. I just encourage them to reach out, call, or just stop by. We're literally right next to the VA in Hyannis. So if you're going to the VA for an appointment, we're right there at the corner. So you can come on by, fill out a quick application, and we'll come. We'll see you on Thursday for Food Pantry Day. We do it one day a week, nine to six. Um, we have people lined up in their cars uh, waiting at 630 in the morning because they they're just afraid we're not going to we're going to run out of something. But I assure you, we'd never run out of anything. We always keep stock of anything and everything we can. We have a very good variety of stuff. We have fresh milk, eggs, produce, uh, really, really good meat coming in from a local place called Dennis Public Market. Uh, It's all top line boar's head meat. Uh, like I said, hot dogs, hamburgers, pork chops, chicken, you name it. We probably have it, uh, dry goods of all kinds, cereal, fresh eggs. Uh, we also get eggs in from local farms as well. So we got a nice variety. So if you guys need anything, just come on by, we'll help you out, do whatever we can to help you out. And if we can't help you, we'll do everything we can to get you the help you need through whatever other organization, uh, that can benefit them. So they scrambled their fighter jets. Who scrambled fighter jets? Uh, what was I that? Heard something about fighter jets <laughs> scrambling. I'm sorry, I was talking to my wife. I was. Uh, Jeff, go was, away! Was, this is a man show. I thought it was where three started, and I was getting, I was like reaching over to get my go bag. Like, oh, that's funny. Going now? That's funny, Rob. I'm talking I'm- to your wife too on Telegram. <laughs> <laughs> the only time you can say that. <laughs> and not get <laughs> fucked over. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> oh shit! Damn! Holy hell! Um, no, I love what you guys are doing, and uh, 
I wish we all lived closer together. I honestly do. Uh, so we could do more together. Um, but that's what we do with DV radio. We highlight shit like this. Um, if any of you want to find out more, uh, if you're in the area of, uh, how do you say it again? Cape Cod. No, the city. Massachusetts. <laughs> no. Hyannis. There you go. There you go. I just love hearing you say it. Uh, you go Hyannis. To, <laughs> you, you can go to capeveterans.com. It will be in the description of the podcast as well as uh, it's over there in the chat room. If you're over on dvradio.net and uh, you clicked on chat and made a username, um, that's Veterans Outreach Center, Cape and Islands. And I uh, send me a, uh, logo and i'll put you up on the uh the resources yeah, sure on on uh, dysfunctionalveterans.com um i think i was supposed to do that a while ago and somehow we just stopped talking <laughs> to one another <laughs> Lies, it's all good man. man like i said this whole new job like, it's essentially new to me but it's just all new in every direction so i've been just scrambling left and right to make sure everything <laughs> runs smoothly so you're good time is something that's very precious to me nowadays so it's all good <laughs> You said you were in uh, 07 to 11, right? Yep. You were in a year under what I was in. I was in 06 to 11. <laughs> no shit, man. <laughs> Dead That'd ass. be funny. I did. So what, what were you at? I didn't know what you did. What was your MOS? So I was uh, Army National Guard, 92 Golf, and I was in Iraq from 09 to 10 for 10 months straight. All right. Yeah, because uh, are you know, <laughs> so... I, you guys may may not have heard Old Guard. Old Guard's a very mm-hmm. niche, small unit. Yep. Uh, they're the oldest active infantry regiment in the Army. They go all the way back to George Washington. Yes, they do. Um, it's really cool. The The base is very small, but it literally borders Arlington National Cemetery. My barracks window, I could just see the wall of the cemetery. It was just right there. <laughs> um, it's a very, like I said, it's not only just a niche thing. It's a very, like... How the fuck do you get sent to that unit? I got sent to it. I got pulled out of basic. Basically, guy comes in the room, says, you're the right height, weight. You got the look. You got the right scores on your test, blah, blah, blah. You're coming with me. Where the hell are we going? Sign here. All right, we'll see you later. No idea what it just signed. Go right back to basic training. Now the week where everybody gets their orders, you know, getting told where to go. Joe Stern is coming down the line. He's looking at everybody. He's like, King, Old Guard, Sawyer, Old Guard, Pussies. And we're both looking at each other like, what the fuck is this talking about? What is this dude talking about? You know, we actually asked him, you know, what are you talking about? Just I've never heard of this place. So that's where you guys are going. Like, All right, dude, whatever. So when you actually get down there, you realize you're not going to a regular line unit. You're going to a unit that's on display 24 mm-hmm. seven and you're part of that display. And it's very interesting to say the least. It's all mostly drill and ceremony. It's uniform maintenance and stuff like that. But on top of all that, you have to be an expert or used to be anyway. I'm sure standards have dropped, but (laughs) you had to be an expert infantryman, an expert this, expert that, just to basically walk onto the field, the parade field, right? Yeah. So between all that, you had to get certified to go into the White House, the Pentagon, all that. So I did all that stuff. I did the my first thing I ever did. I was a casket bearer, moved on to firing party. Uh, I was getting real bored of that because now we're walking, you know, three, four miles in full blues, you know, from the top of the cemetery to the bottom of the cemetery just for one funeral. And then you got to do it all over again in another hour. You do four funerals a day, five days a week. 
and marching fucking sucks. Yeah. So I see these guys riding horses in the cemetery. I said, wow, that looks like a badass job. How do you do that? Oh, it's a training cycle, a caisson platoon. It's a specialty platoon, kind of like the Tomb of the Unknowns or U.S. Army drill team. Oh, shit, I got to go try that out. So I go put down my name on the list. I had a couple of buddies already down. They said, you're going to fucking love it. It's a little rough, you know. Zero four is our first call. You got to be there. But, you know, you're doing barn work. You're getting horses ready. So it's, all right, this sounds kind of fun. I go put my name on the list. Come to find out my first start went down there, scribbled my name off the list, and didn't think my buddy was watching him do it. And as soon as he left, my buddy put my name right back on the list. But that job, let me tell you, riding horses in Arlington was probably my favorite best job I ever had in the military. I mean, it was one of the longest training cycles of anything I've ever done. It was 770 hours of training and it was literally, yeah, it was like 15 to 17 weeks, I think. And everything to do A to Z with a horse. And we ended up going to, what is it? Uh, The Clinton Anderson uh, horse training school down in Kentucky. I mean, we got all these crazy cool things to do. Did the Washington International Horse Show a couple times. It was just really badass, but we would do four funerals a day, five days a week. You had two teams in the cemetery at all times. Uh, then they bumped up to having three teams, so that's, I want to say, 21 horses in the cemetery at all times. So it was a uh, very high stress, but also a very badass job, like I said, because you're not going to work like everybody else. Like, oh, I got to go you know, do firing party or do this or do that. Nah, man, I got to go get the horses ready. And now we're <laughs> going to go ride off into some, you know, trail ride that we're going to do out in Pennsylvania or something. It was just a very badass, awesome job that I was uh, happy to have. That's awesome. Definitely man. something you don't hear about every day either. So you definitely love wearing core frames. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Give me a pair. I'll wear them all day. <laughs> I got my brass spurs too. That, that was, you actually had to earn those. The only way you earn them is you got to do 500 funerals. Wow. And you got to, you got to work your way from the lead, the lead horse. Cause that's like, actually, sorry, it's swing. It's the middle horse. That's like the bitch position. Basically that's how you start off and you work your way to the front horse. And then eventually you wake your way to wheel rider. Now the wheel rider is responsible for everything on the wagon, the horses, the tack getting fed, like everything. Right. And once you're a wheel rider, you're basically set. And then you get your 500, you get brass spurs. And it doesn't matter what rank is on that wagon with you. Your call is what matters because you're responsible. You know what I mean? There may right. be an NCO E5, E6 there, but that don't mean shit because he's not the wheel rider. The wheel rider is, you know, whatever he says is fucking gold, basically. You know well, it's I mean? just like driving a general in a combat zone, right? It's it's you who gets to call which way you're going on that right, combat. Exactly. Like yeah, like. sir. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. All right, I got this. You, you sit in the war room all day. Shut the fuck up. I'm driving. Well, that was that was a shit thing about living and being part of that unit is because every motherfucker had a house there. And what do I mean by that? I mean they had a fucking road called Generals Row. And I know there's a yep. bunch of places that have Generals Row, but our Generals Row had every fucking four star of the military living there. We had the sergeant major of the army living on the fucking corner. All right. Like I went down to the PX, uh, like on a daily basis to get whatever. Right. I would run into three stars, four stars. Like it was going out of style and they're there just grabbing a cart full of booze because it's that time in a month to grab all the booze. It's like the sale or whatever they got going on. 
It's like, hey, sir, how's it going? He goes, well, I'm just stocking up for the month. You know, he's like a thousand years old, three-star general. <laughs> like, all right, this, this is normal for us. You know what I mean? So it's just, it was just a wild experience to say the fuck at least. Honestly, the closest I ever got to Arlington was uh, Langley Air Force Base. And oh, yep. I've, I've flown over Arlington a few times, like, to go to fucking Bangor, goddamn fucking Maine, to get on a fucking plane, to go to goddamn fucking Kuwait, to go to fucking Hey, hey Bo, you know I got deployed, quote-unquote, to Langley for three months after September 11th? Really? Oh, well, that makes sense, because of your job. Well... It it does make sense, but and and Oink would definitely appreciate this as well. So, uh, with the aircraft, they have it's called phase. Mm-hmm. So every every so often they have to go in and get full checks and all that shit to make sure they're like capable. Right. Yep. Well, that unit there was really bad about it. So when after that eleven really, happened, and they come were, on, oh, they were awful, right? <laughs> so when they when they did uh, after 9-11 happened, they were flying the cap missions over DC. They realized, oh shit, all of our aircraft are overdue phase, all of them. Wow! <laughs> so they were not; they were grounded. They grounded the entire damn squadron. So they deployed wow. us at Eglin up to Langley to help them with their phase and to fly the cap missions with our aircraft. I actually had a so I was teacher. there for three months. I actually wow. had a teacher that when I went to Langley, he had went back to active duty. And I got to see him in his fucking camo and everything. It was fucking hilarious to see him in fucking Air Force BDUs in, what was it, 06, 07, when he had been this fucking white button-down t-shirt, khaki-wearing teacher <laughs> that I had no, it was so odd. Like, but nothing changed other than his clothes. He still had this fucking seventies porn stash and his fucking haircut was the same, dude. It was all, I was like, dude didn't even fucking leave the Air Force. He just lived the fucking second double life. Like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> it was so fucking odd. And, and you didn't know, you know how, like, when you meet, somebody you've known all your life in the military and you're like, do I call you Mr. So-and-so or do I call you Sergeant? Like it's yeah. so awkward, right? <laughs> it was so fucking awkward. Like I didn't know what to call him. And he was like, whatever. I, I really don't care. Like, I was like, okay. <laughs> that works for me too. Um, Rob, you've been very silent for a while. I guess because you're watching the jets scrambling jets over there. (laughs) (laughs) He's playing war games over there. (laughs) He's still muted out. He's probably like, I don't know where the mute button is. (laughs) He's the fucking Matthew. There he is. He he unmuted for a second. Oh, there he is. There we go. There we go. Sorry. Appreciate, sorry about that. You couldn't hear me. Huh? No, couldn't hear a nope. fucking word. Oh, geez. I was talking. Power I was of the mute. Oh, man. It's you okay. I was scrambling the jets for you, you know. It's okay. We know you're trying to make, you know, this generation's war games and take Matthew Broderick's place. It's I. Um, yes, that's right. <laughs> so what'd you do in the Navy, man? Oh, you know, uh, I was not, I was, a I was an aviation electrician. I was, I was not the worst sailor in the squadron, 
But I was the second worst sailor in the squadron. <laughs> <laughs> and let me tell At least you, you're not first. I was, I was very, very grateful for the worst one because, by comparison, I was promotable. Like by anybody, <laughs> by any stretch, you know what I mean. Like I could just kind of just do my own thing. And I was like, "Hey, look at this," you know. Well, in any case, um, so I just have a number of. Uh, different we'll call them charlie murphy like sea stories if you will uh from my time in the navy that uh i care to share here and there for Fuck your ship. So that's what i'm doing here sorry <laughs> fucking chappelle chris rob likes chappelle show charlie murphy right yeah, I, do. I do we were talking about that pre-show before you hot said i was like ah oh, we all got to get together one night wow chappelle um now, oh, man, I miss that show, dude. Right. Chappelle show. Um, you told one story on Affinity Protocol, and I don't want you to have to rehash that. So anybody that's loose listening to us right now, go listen to that Affinity Protocol. I'll have it in the link of the, this description. Um, what's another story that's equally as great sure. as that story? Okay. <laughs> Yeah, right. So now that I've given you my background as the second worst sailor in my squadron, <laughs> so it's like maybe a year and a half into my first enlistment. And um, Saturday night, I had been drinking that night. It's maybe three in the morning. I'm asleep in my bed. Phone rings. Okay. Pick it up. Petty Officer Leva, you need to show up to the duty office right now in your dress blues and they had better be squared away click nothing else nothing else and let me tell you in my state i had no idea what to expect i was panicking like if you get that kind of a call all it's bad news obviously like you've done fucked up badly (laughs) um so okay i i look around i turn on the light look around for my dress blues uh they are balled up in the corner of my closet <laughs> covered in puke mm-hmm. and they've been there for at least oh at least five or six weeks i don't even know a long time <laughs> oh, haven't been touched. there ain't no way i'm putting these nasty ass things on so i just put on whatever the hell uniform of the day was and i in I probably shouldn't have been driving. I was a little bit questionable alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, I show up and I'm in the duty office and then they fill me in on what has happened. So I, I was working in um, operations. I was doing this collateral duty. And all it means is that I was working for a squadron of uh, their cargo planes, C-130s. And when they want to go on a flight, before they go on this flight, you got to like, there's, there's maps in the road or there's maps in the sky, just like there is roads on the ground. And you got to like, say you go to this road, this road, this road, and every country goes over, you get the diplomatic clearances for the countries and so on and so on. And you get all the checks in the block and then the mission happens. So I was in charge of the route of flight for this mission and whatever it had happened, like I did like the previous day i wasn't even thinking about this was at the mission it flew friday and this is saturday i'm not thinking about it at all well the pilot when he gets over brazil decides that he wants to take himself a little shortcut because apparently my route of flight 
it just took him over some mountain, whatever. He's like, I can, I can cut 45 minutes off of this. If we just fly over these mountains or don't fly over these, I don't know, pilot stuff, some other thing. So within minutes of his deviation of the, from the accepted route of flight, the Brazilian air force scrambles their fighter jets and they force the plane down and they tell him, they said, Oh, you're, you're off the, you were approved for, you know, your specific route of flight. You're just flying in our airspace now and you need to, they, they forced him down and <laughs> it was bad. Let, let me tell you, this was a bad thing because the, the radios on the plane are all secure radios. So when they were smashing the radios to bits as they were like landing the plane, the, the freaking, uh, the FE and the co-pilot are in the back of the plane, smashing all the secure stuff because as soon as they landed, they threw them in jail and the Damn. pilot blamed, yeah, the pilot blamed me for it. He said it was my fault and I rolled up in there and I had no flipping clue what was going on. And I tell you, and the thing is, here's the thing. Once they told me what happened, I was like, even knowing that it's, it's not really my fault. I'm like, well, the pilot is a lot more valuable than me. You know what I mean? I'm just a junior nobody. And I'm also the second worst sailor in the squadron. So <laughs> they, they could easily just say, ah, it's his fault, whatever. This was on the news. Like they, they, they made a big deal about this. Um, yeah. So anyway, I, I'm just sitting there sweating bullets and the skipper had come in and he, he, he comes in and he says, okay, is this, is this your work here? Hey, officer Levy. Yes. And he, he asked the officer on duty is, is this the pilot's signature on the route of flight? Well, skipper, yes, it is. He's like, all right, you're just, he dismissed me and he got, th thank God. He dismissed me because it could have easily gone. Tell you, very easily gone. Much, much worse for me there. Um, so yeah, that was that was one close call. Um, one that I didn't dodge as narrowly was uh, I uh, had been drinking again, and this base was uh, this is the base that Air Force One lives on. Strangely, Andrews. it's Andrews. Oh, yeah, yeah. Andrews. Andrews. I've been there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you're familiar with this. All right. So this is back. I've de iced the fucking time. thing. I, yeah. <laughs> oh, you I still on that fucking. Been... Oh, yeah. Okay. There you go. So you've been I still on that fucking runway time. during the coldest day of the year for the inaugurations, <laughs> freezing my balls off. I know that airfield <laughs> very my, well. <laughs> yeah. We were, we were right there on that base. And I was right there on that base one night, drinking way too much driving home when i shouldn't have been doing that and i decided oh man living on a prayer if bon jovi comes on i gotta crank it <laughs> as, loud as, my, as loud as my pontiac grand prix speakers could take it and when i got done cranking it i looked up and there was a fence in front of me and now my car is smashing through that fence and <laughs> oh then I look up and there's the Air Force One hanger. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, wait, it's true what they say. You actually do have to turn your radio down to drive better. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> I refuse to believe that. <laughs> and I came firsthand with that fact right then and there, actually. So, <laughs> you got to meet the Air Force's brightest and finest at that moment, didn't you? <laughs> well, not yet. I, I did meet them, but I sobered immediately. That was the soberest <laughs> blackout in history. And I, I backed my car out, assess damage. I've got a flat tire. I'm screwed. There is no, I'm not going anywhere quickly. I, I changed that tire so fast. I get the donut on there so quick. Like, I'm telling you, there should be some speed run for this. And it's called NASCAR, it's dude. I get in the car when the blue and red start flashing. <laughs> uh, yeah, both sides, they came at me. And <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, they usually don't travel alone. The, apparently, I had set off the, in, the internal alarm into the Air Force One. Whatever they're oh internal. no <laughs> yeah they had to, like the entire like you got uh, like secret base. service getting called now yeah, you had everybody that live on that base that I had no idea lived on that base there was all kinds of people poor like, Rob basically went back to every World uniform War you could imagine and suits and ties all kinds of stuff everywhere um now I'm just sitting in my car. Just, just, just sitting there waiting. <laughs> this one I did, I did not dodge, dodge that one completely. I had to sit, I had to go to mask. Um, and if, I don't know if anyone's familiar with mask. Um, you get NJP, I think they call it in other branches. Yes. Uh, yep. yep. All right. So I'm, I'm my day, my mask. I, I show up, and outside of the room, like I had, I had illusions in my mind. Well, I can maybe, you know. I could talk my way out of this. I'm pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Not so much. I'm standing outside the room and there's a dude. Uh, is a, he's, he was two ranks up on me. He was, uh, he was an E6 at the time. Um, he was first class. And the Master Chief has got him out there. And he had a couple months before gotten popped on a DUI. And they gave him a, a, like a slap on the wrist suspended sentence. Just like a six month suspended. Basically nothing at all. Um, and he's there and I'm like, what the hell are you doing here? And master chief shows up and he tells that guy to go in. He's like, all right, everybody get inside. And he's like, and you, you go in and watch what happens here. So you learn how lucky you were and what we did to you. And I'm like, oh, great. As soon as he said that, I'm like, I'm the example. I'm You're that guy. Yeah, I'm the dude that they're like, look how lucky everyone else is. So yeah, I get thrown in the break for 45 days, lose oh, the break, lose the money, the whole night. But I worked my way back up. Worked worked it back up. But yeah, so that was not as fun. The yeah, the break was interesting. <laughs> So basically, when you went when you went and slammed through that, you yeah. got teleported back to World War One and Two with uh, the SS just fucking raining down on you, dude. Except it was in America, and it started with cops, and then there were just like layers of yeah. cars that just kept showing up, and then different vehicles, like other vehicles too. I'm like, what even is this? I don't even know what this is. I'm like, I'm just one guy. 
in my busted ass Pontiac Grand Prix, can you maybe like just back off a little bit here? Fella? No way. I got I got a bet I got a better fucking comparison. GTA real life, that five star one in level yeah. and it fucking kicked in. Yeah. Yes. Fucking helicopters, will. fucking SWAT armor comes out. No, Yo, you know what's crazy about that is I have a similar story, but it didn't involve Air Force One, so it definitely didn't. You know, this many alarms. As a matter of fact, I even got away with it. Holy shit. Oh, okay. Um, Tell us, Mr. Mexican anymore. wannabe. Yeah, not anymore. Not so anymore. If, anybody, yeah, still listening. <laughs> if anybody from uh you know Otis Otis and National Guard base listening. Uh, Filling out the paperwork now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I retired three I retired three years ago, so they get fucked. Um, many, many years ago. Yeah, same thing. I was driving on base, you know, I had too much to drink at a local bar. Um and uh, actually, uh, there's one person in this room that will know uh, the Taverna is where I was. Oh, uh, yes. I, I was I coming do. back and I was coming on base and there's a stop sign right before the fence line to where the flight line is that shares the F-15s, the Blackhawks, Coast Guard, all that shit. And I blew right through the stop sign and went right into the fence in our family <laughs> minivan. Oh, no. And the fucking oh, no. van got stuck. So the fence came up over the front and then stuck into the bumper. The bottom oh, of it? No. So I'm trying to back off this thing, and when I backed off, it ripped the front bumper off. No. Right? Oh no. So I get home and I park the van. Now I'm thinking, how oh, fuck am I gonna explain this to my wife? First of all, it's like a <laughs> one-year-old van. Um and I get out and I look at the front of it and the bumper's gone, which means the license plate's gone because oh, in Massachusetts. Oh, no. So I get in my other car. Drive back to the scene of the crime, climb under the fence, grab the bumper, throw it in the car, and drove home. Nobody ever found out. <laughs> oh, you lucky bastard. <laughs> wait, wait. What did you tell your wife? What? What did you tell your wife? Uh, I mean, I told her that I hit a fence, but I didn't tell exactly where or what. And I, it was nice. It was just kind of nice. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I didn't, I didn't lie. I just didn't tell the whole story. Right. So I got I got one very quick and similar to that. Uh not no fence was involved, let's just say that, but I was in one of the suburb towns of DC. I think it, actually it was Woodbridge, Virginia. Let's I think that's what it was. And I was at my buddy's house. I think I was like maybe an E two or E three and we were getting drunk. It's just me and him. And He's like telling me, you know, it's not bad living here, or whatever, but they call it Hoodbridge. And I started asking, well, why the hell they call it Hoodbridge? He goes, well, it's a little sketchy, you know, blah, blah, blah. This building, that building, my apartment complex isn't the greatest. I swear to God, it was like a movie, almost like a second after he said that. You hear bang, bang, boom, boom, and right away. Oh, that's gunshots. That's cool. And, uh, he immediately, I just looked to my right at the sound, like where the sound's coming from. And then before I can even say anything, I looked to my left and he's throwing me a shotgun. I was like, wait, what's happening right now? He goes, oh, we're getting shot at. I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me, right? And we lean out the window and we see a car speed off, whatever. And now at this point, I am fucking hammered, all right? We were doing Jaeger bombs in the beginning of the night. And I think we ended up with absinthe towards the end. Oh my. So I am just, I don't know. I was just so, night, I don't night. remember. Yeah. I don't remember much after that. I just remember hitting three cars and making my way home. Uh, what had happened? I got in my car in his parking lot, backed out, 
And for whatever reason, I'm not an asshole, but at that point I was like, I'm going to be an asshole. And I saw like a really nice Corvette and I just slammed right into it as I was back and kind of chuckled to myself. And then as an asshole would do. And then I kind of looked to my front and I saw either a Beamer or a Mercedes, you know, very nice and everything. I just decided to scrape along the side of that on my way out as well. Uh, (laughs) When I woke up the next day, I was next to my car, but I wasn't on base. Somehow I made it to the 7-Eleven that was about 200 feet away from the gate. And I decided to fall asleep next to my car outside on the ground. Then at least um, you didn't try and go through base. At least you didn't try no, and go through the base. Exactly. Yeah. I guess I had enough sense to be like, yeah, I'm just going to stick it out here and not try to get in. But yeah, that that was as close as I came to getting away with something and not getting in trouble, I guess. But it was a very asshole thing to do at the same time. Never did like that, anything like that in my life. I was just beyond drunk at that point, though. Well, Oink, before I say anything, do you do you have a story for drunken stupor almost got caught, did get caught moments? Uh, I did three years in fucking Germany, and I didn't do anything that fucking crazy. Oh, no, my guys. Come on, baby. Not even Germany? That's crazy. Really, you did not live in Germany. You just stayed in Germany. Pretty, pretty much, yeah. We, we, we All of our drinking was on base, so we didn't go anywhere. We kind of stayed at the, my buddy's house and just polished off a bottle of 1,800 in 12 minutes flat, just me and him. Oh, Other thanks. than that, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, we didn't do anything crazy. So first off, is Ginger Texas listening tonight? Uh, he was in here at the beginning. I don't know where he's at now. He well, may be listening still, but yeah. Well, I'm disappointed in you, Oink. If you, <laughs> if you, <laughs> all my accidents and stupid shit happened while I was on, you know, on duty. So yeah. yeah. Dude, all his accidents happened and he found out on Facebook. If you can find yeah, exactly <laughs> before the service. <laughs> He's got a whole Maury story, if you guys haven't heard it. Um, <laughs> but uh, if you can find out from Ginger how he's doing, and if it's another week sober, uh, that would be great. I'd love to hear that. Um, secondly, we all are laughing at these drunken stupor moments. That being said, if you drink, don't drive, please. And I, I, I think don't I can, do it. Yeah, it's such a bad idea. No, I don't do it. So, I did learn my lesson. So don't, yeah, don't, don't make that mistake. And, and I say this for a few reasons. I, we can all laugh at the past. It's in the past, but you know, you can kill somebody. You'll die. You'll kill somebody mm-hmm. else. It ain't just about you. you you'll take somebody else out. Exactly. Kid, you know, some, somebody you really that don't deserve it. So. Exactly. Yep. And I have friends who have lost kids and loved ones to drunk driving and like i said you can laugh about it because these guys didn't hurt nobody but themselves <laughs> thankfully <laughs> and vehicles and a really nice corvette very high dollar vehicles <laughs> um but at the end of the day none of us here condone driving under the influence at all nope. or operating nope. any type of machinery machinery under the influence at all yeah, um, my fin story happened when I was sober too. That wasn't. <laughs> oh boy! We're just gonna throw it in there, like, and just say you were drunk. <laughs> I, was, I had a piece it's of the moral job. of the story that matters. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Man, we're trying to take this back to 1970s where every funny story has a good heartwarming moment. All right. <laughs> and moral. <laughs> this is dysfunctional in the family. Those, um, after, those after school lessons we used to see on TV. <laughs> this is the conclusion at the end of the MacGyver episode where you learn the lesson. I mean, yeah, that's Richard fun- Dean Anderson is telling us exactly what we learned today. And you always have that high pitched xylophone fucking synth music going on in the background. Look, I love me some 80s synth music, but come on with that fucking sentimental high pitched fucking tone. Shit. I hate. Oh my God. God, I love me some MacGyver. I own all the seasons of MacGyver because yeah, I'm a fucking, too. I'm an entertainment right. guru over here. That being said, the fucking music choices for the 1980s on these fucking amazing <laughs> shows. There were some questionable choices. There's some classics though. You got some classic uh, Look, songs. Some so, cheer, you know, you got your Cheers theme song. No, absolutely. Food. Absolutely. Yeah, but these... These moral learning moment songs. Yeah. That shit needs to stay either in the soap yeah. operas or in the fucking low budget porno movies. It has no place. <laughs> it has no place in these great shows at all. <laughs> oh shit. Um <laughs> Well, where do you think the porn music came from? Those guys couldn't make all that money on that day job, so they needed to make a little on the side. You know what I mean? <laughs> they all came from no, Magnum PI reruns. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that same guy did not only 12 different shows, but he also helped Ron Jeremy out on the side. You know <laughs> that motherfucker's looking at like 300 years in, in prison, just so you all know. <laughs> Wait, Jer- what? That's yeah. crazy. I did not know that. Yeah, dude, because he went beyond the porn movies and started doing shit he shouldn't have done with women. I'm just oh, saying. No. I didn't know that. that. Isn't so. <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm right? so surprised. <laughs> Man, the first time I seen him, I was like, I don't like him. And then this shit came out like a year or two ago and I was like, I knew I didn't like you for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I first saw him in Boondock Saints when I was a kid. Yeah. And I, I just immediately thought, like, who the fuck is this guy? It wasn't until years later, like, oh, he's a famous porn star guy. But that character he played, it was it came really natural to him. Well, <laughs> not being like the piece of shit scum boss who owns a jack off joint. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That you were really good for that role. <laughs> Not only that, he turned out to be that exact piece of shit, perverted <laughs> asshole. Um, first, first off, Danny, I want to thank you coming on and talking about. Um, oh shit! I've already. What's the name of it again? Cape and Islands Veterans Outreach Center. It's, it's it's right there if you just look. <laughs> Dude, I, right I don't. I don't have that. I have the one when you guys speak and it pops up. I don't have. Oh, oh, I got you. I got you. There you go. Yeah, it's the Cape, Cape and <laughs> Islands Veterans Outreach Center. Um, thank you for coming on and talking about that. I'd, I'd love to have you on again in, in the future. Rob, even though you didn't speak a lot, you did make us all laugh our fucking asses off and go, <laughs> holy shit. Um, Appreciate y'all having me. I got a few stories here and there if you ever need them. Hey, brother, I'd love to have you on again. No doubt. Um, you and Danny just hit me up or oink or. Or something. Um, Chris, thank you for saving yeah. us. Of course. Anytime, man. I'm just saying. I just wanted to love. say, man, it was a huge honor, and it was really fucking awesome being on here, man. Uh, it's great, though, what you guys do, man, and uh, keep it up. I do appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it. y'all. 
And, and we appreciate you guys because, like I said earlier, without you guys, we wouldn't have a reason to do this stupid shit. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, shit, man. I thought I was a degenerate in active duty, but Rob, fuck, man. Right? Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's just the tip of the iceberg, to be honest with you. It was, like I said, it was, that was, was okay. I, I was a reasonable sailor, but actually, I was, uh, I, I, I was, uh, I did uh, Navy and Army, so there's a whole nother section that I didn't even brush upon yet. Yeah, <laughs> I like the Navy much better than I like the Army. I will say this, and we weren't drunk when we done this, and it was in the middle of Iraq. We had a gator left over from the active duty unit that we took over the cop for, and it was in the mechanics area. And me and Bo McBride got the idea to go out back one day with it and on on the back line with all the vehicles and it was all gravel and we had a little cat and we could you know move shit and dig shit and make ramps out of gravel oh and, shit you were jumping them and this gator was a two-seater and it had one of those like truck beds on the back but it was a real flimsy fucking frame because it'd been sitting in the desert heat for a couple years and this bitch would fly it will fucking fly. Let me tell you, this bitch would get up to speed and the speedometer would start shaking because it couldn't go any further, <laughs> but it was still climbing in speed. So we do a couple laps in on the back, on the back line. And then for some reason we go, fuck it. And Bo's driving. I'm on the passenger seat. There's no seat belts. There's no doors. There's no windscreen. Nothing. It's just this little bit of, bit of a fucking roll cage bar shit that comes on the gators and the steering wheel and the seats you're sitting in. And he fucking hammers it. We hit this fucking rock oh, ramp man. and we land. We look at each other and we laugh. We get back. You landed it. Yeah, we landed it. We get back to where we're going to park it and we get off. And when we get off, we notice that the truck bed of the gator is like really close to the rails now. And we don't know why. <laughs> we thought just the truck bed had like a little bit. Apparently, somehow, we're not sure what happened. One of the support parts of the frame kind of sort of broke completely and <laughs> and it was just how that happened. it was like it was almost sitting on the ground dude in the middle like <laughs> like i'm not joking like we're lucky that it didn't just like fall down while we were driving because it would have pulled the ass off of the fucking gator like completely <laughs> Cause, cause once we stopped, it, it it didn't have anything to pull and make it taut, so it became loose and it was just there. It was like that when I checked it out. I swear, it was. Yeah, it I, was. I don't know what happened. This thing's not too good. It was motor pulling the shabby maintenance. I tell you, no, what. It, it was, dude. Like, I'm gonna write up a math on this. <laughs> and that was the end of the gator. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was a good little. Yeah. It had a good life. Yeah. Oh, it it did. Let me tell you, <laughs> it went out That's in awesome. style. Not not many of them get to take care like that. I blame it on the heat. We we were delirious. <laughs> heat stroke will do that to you. Dude. <laughs>
I've never seen a gator go that fucking fast, by the way. <laughs> I don't I don't know what the fuck they done to that son bitch. But dude, that was overclock. That bitch had a fucking turbo and a half on it. <laughs> what governor? <laughs> right. <laughs> That little bastard would fucking get up and go. Anyway, um, let's go down the list here. Mr. Rob, do you have any last words for our listeners here now live or on podcast um, at all? Uh, for that, I'll just say I, I really do appreciate y'all trying to reach out and help those, you know, struggling veterans. So thanks to y'all for doing that in your real day jobs. And I am one of those folks that you may want to help. So I appreciate you. And we appreciate Come you. Come on man. down to Cape Cod, man. <laughs> uh, just just <laughs> reach a out. hike. I'm in Tampa, but I got you. <laughs> uh, Danny, any last words for our live listeners or on podcast? I just wanted to say uh, thank you so much for having me on tonight and uh, talk a little bit about what we do. Um, yeah, I hope everybody has an awesome Labor Day weekend. It's the last summer weekend for most people. And uh, for us where we live, I'm very happy it's Labor Day because now all the tourists are going to be gone. And we'll finally, have, that. Yeah. We'll have, finally reclaim what is rightfully ours for the next eight <laughs> months, I would say. But yeah, uh, just keep doing what you guys do. I love what you guys do and I'll do whatever I can to help you guys out. And uh, to everybody else, have a great and wonderful weekend. We appreciate it, man. And same to you. Uh, Before I go to Chris and Oink, if you did miss it at the beginning of the show at dvradio.net, click on the DV Radio Store tab and you can get 20% off two items or more until September 4th. It's Monday, September 4th, 20% off two or more items from the DV Radio Store at dvradio.net. Also go to dvfarm.org, find out how you can help us raise $25,000. Just click on that donate tab or the more info tab for the DV septic system. Find out more information and you can also donate. You can also donate with crypto through the adapt. And I'll let Chris talk more about that and anything else you'd like to see. Yeah, I'm not going to talk too much about it, but yeah, adapt.exchange, go there, look for DV Radio or DV Farm, username, type it in, you're crypto uh, enthusiast, you can donate right there, quick and easy. Uh, but I do want to say, yeah, again, thank you as well uh, to both Danny and, and uh, Rob. Um, you know, Rob was on a Affinity Protocol. His wife is a very, very big part of Affinity and everything we do there. So uh, thank you to her as well. Uh, and Danny, we were talking pre-show. I knew about Veterans Outreach Center, uh, but I didn't really ever like, uh, you know, really check it out. So I'm gonna check it out more. And, and without giving away town names, we also discussed that we actually probably only live about ten minutes from each other. Um, so <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That blew my mind. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. So uh, we'll keep in touch. I definitely want to do more and 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 hear more about uh, all the great things you guys are doing out there. And again, Bo and Oink. Appreciate everything you guys do for DV Radio and and all the help that you give us uh, with Affinity Protocol as well. Uh, you got a show coming up this Tuesday? Uh, no. Next Tuesday. We just did it last Tuesday. So not this Tuesday, but the following Tuesday it'll be. Oh, yeah, that's right. I can't get yours out this yeah. week. Yes, my bad. <laughs> and you're welcome. And, and we appreciate you uh, working with us. 
Uh, love you, brother. Um, also, before I go on to Oink, we are going to try our best very, very, very soon to have a veteran-owned co-founder of Black Point BR. That's Black Point Battle Royale that they are working on. Tony Brown, he's a great guy. You can actually listen and watch the episode of MBR Radio Crossover Show uh, right now. I was on that, and I got all giddy because I didn't know some game developer was coming into the show, and I basically jacked their show, and I asked them all kinds of questions and shit. <laughs> I was not like, you, Bo. No, that would never happen. Man, I was like, Joel, why the fuck did you bring this dude on knowing I was coming on? Like, why? I was like, I just hijacked your show. Um, but yeah, you can and find I'm out. The captain now. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> you, can find, <laughs> you can find out more about Black Point Battle Royale if you go over there and watch that. We're also going to try to get him on. And hopefully we uh we might be sparring a partnership with them and maybe i can get chris and affinity innovations in on it too uh because it's veterans helping veterans um he is exactly what we talk about veterans helping veterans he's got a few nonprofits. he's actually down the road in fayetteville across uh across the way from me so yeah we talking about you know finding out people live close by and it's like god damn <laughs> I, he said he, he he lived outside of Fayetteville. I won't give the exact city. Uh, I can't remember if he did on the show or not. If he did, I apologize. But I was like, oh, shit. And he was like, how far? And I was like, just a couple hours. So like, <laughs> I was like, damn, y'all live that close. And I, I straight up, I was like, man, I love you. Where have you been all my life? <laughs> like, <laughs> let's go out to a candlelight dinner and everything. Um, you guys will all like him, uh, love him even more. Uh, then I think, uh, to be honest with you, because, uh, he, he has a lot to say and, uh, it's, it's exactly the morals and values that we preach here at DV radio, uh, for support, spirituality, uh, reaching out, helping one another as brothers and sisters and all that good stuff. So I, I look forward to having him on hopefully very, very soon. And like I said, Chris, we'll, we'll link up and have a little, Oh yeah. Uh, that's Black Point Battle Royale. I can't wait to see that game. Oh, shit, man. Like, mm, 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 fucking <laughs> damn. Anyway, oink. Last words for our live listeners and on podcast, brother. Yes. You know, we did have some hilarious jokes and stuff in there about alcohol and drinking. But to end the show on a good note, Ginger Texas did get back with me. He is still, what, five weeks sober now? So he's doing it. So nice. if he can do it, trust me, anybody can do it. So if you guys are looking for help, all you have to do is reach out. And we've said that a hundred times tonight during the show. So another thing is too, if you need to reach out and talk to somebody because you're feeling like you're becoming one of the 22, those demons are getting to you, head over to objectivezero.org, download that app, have it on your phone, and you'll have an ambassador ready to talk to you at 24-7, 365 at any time of the day or night. Um, and they're just brothers and sisters willing to help you out, just to talk to you, to calm you down, to get you back in that right headspace. So again, objectivezero.org, download the app now. You can also, when you make your account, be completely anonymous. You don't have to use your real name or anything. Uh, you can use a computer, iOS, and Android devices. So if you're somebody who uh, is like me and didn't want to get a smartphone but had to fucking end up getting one, you can use their <laughs> their browser uh, extension or app or whatever they call those things. I don't know. Use the browser on your fucking computer and go to objectivezero.org. Uh, hopefully we can get Chris and Betsy back on very soon. Speaking of Betsy, fightwithbetsyross.com. Fight 4 is out right now. If you've not read Fight 4, 
Go grab it. Read it. I hear it's very good. I'm going to get Oink and myself and Betsy together. So Oink, who has read the entire fight series, Betsy, I'm fucking working on it. You know this. Can actually ask. Can actually keep reminding them. Can actually talk to her about the stories themselves and find out more about what actually is going on in her headspace and all that good stuff while she wrote them. Um, but if you've not read any of them, get fight one. Fight two, fight three, fight four, read them in that order. Uh, I believe fight one and two are on audible right now. Fight three is about to be on audible and then fight four will be on audible. So if you're somebody that doesn't have time to read and you can listen to the audio versions of those, they will all be there very soon. I think Chris is waiting on fight four's audible. Uh, so that's a yep. good thing. Um, am I yeah, about the first three and I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something too, Bo, if, if you don't mind, if, uh, I mean, obviously not unlimited, but if there's like three or four people out there that want to get it, maybe you can't afford it or, or whatever it may be. Um, if you put it on like an Amazon wish list and send me the link to Chris at affinity Inc. Inc. Tech, I will get it for you. Um, so if there's, you know, again, three or four people, uh, you know, you want it, maybe, like I said, maybe you can't afford it or maybe you just don't, you know, whatever, uh, just send me a link to an Amazon wish list or something with the book in there and, uh, make sure you get a copy. And that's the first ones that email him. I'm supposing. First yeah, come, first I mean, if I get 20 emails, I mean, I'm not, I'm not rich. All right. So, but, hey, but look. I do want to make sure that this book gets into the hands of uh, people that really want to check it out. And I don't want it to be, uh, you know, a factor of can, you know, can't afford to get it. So if there are a few people out there that want it, uh, by all means, reach out to me and I'll make sure you get a copy. Chris, it's definitely worth the read. Chris said he ain't I mean, rich, but it, in my neck of the yeah, woods. Yeah, I mean, it gets into the head space and the, the feelings, the emotions of what the, the veteran community goes through upon separation. You know, the, those demons that we talk about that we fight. You know, I've never read a book that, that can explain it the way that she does to get it across, almost like nailing a, you know, a hammer our head on a nail. It's, it's right spot on. Yeah. So, you know, we all know somebody has been like that or we've been through it ourselves, you know, so it, it is a hell of a series to, to get into. Some people actually have to put it down and, and that's OK, but uh, it, it is the most true to life thing that you will ever read. Absolutely. And she gets a lot across in a very short amount of words. So, yes. Damn, um, I'm going to have to pick that up. I've seen the uh, her share that and stuff, but I am not someone who picks up a book but that sounds really dude i've read one book in my entire life before i could join dv radio now that I'm sounds like me time, man, man. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like me but i i definitely just from what you guys have been saying i definitely want to pick that up and check it out yeah you can get them over on amazon just look up fight betsy ross and uh you can grab all four of those right now she she's definitely being overlooked but i i think that needs to change very very soon uh, and you can keep up with what she's doing and any events she may be at or she wants to help promote at fight with betsy ross.com uh if that is all my good sirs uh i bid you all farewell for chris danny oink and mr navy rob as he calls himself and zoom on bonnerwood you just heard barrack sock right here on wdvr dv radio.net until next week buck sickles bye Hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. 